Hey moms, welcome to this week's podcast. I'm Dorenda Wilson. I'm a wife to one, I'm a mom to eight, and a nana to six. I'm also a 24-year veteran homeschooling mom and the author of The Unhurried Homeschooler. I'm really, really grateful that you're here today. Um, If you have time to leave a review from wherever you're listening, I would really love that. And some of you have asked how you can support the podcast financially. So my son, who does all my editing, set up an account where listeners who feel led to give can support by donating as little as $2 a month. Um, There's no pressure. You don't have to do this. But if you're interested and feel led, I'm going to include the link in the podcast notes. But I am so grateful that you're here today. I'm I'm thankful for new listeners. I'm thankful for listeners who have been here for a while. And one of my favorite things to do is to encourage homeschooling moms. And I love to have guests that I respect and whose messages resonate with my own mom heart and I know will resonate with yours. Um, Today, I'm going to be talking with my friend Jenny about why homeschooling families thrive. So we're not just going to be talking about knowing what you don't want and why, because I think that is important to talk about, and we're going to be talking about that some today, but also recognizing what you do want when it comes to homeschooling and why homeschooling actually works. What are the the things that make it work? So we're going to be talking about that today. Jenny has actually been a guest on another podcast with me uh, called Why Our Kids Need to Spend Time Outside, and it is an awesome awesome time together. It's an awesome podcast. I'm going to leave the link to that podcast in the notes. So let me just introduce Jenny in case you don't know who she is. She is a Michigan mother of five and the founder of A Thousand Hours Outside. One of her top priorities is to inspire parents, teachers, and caregivers to invest heavily in spending time in nature with the children who are in their care. She's a thought leader in the world of nature-based play and her thousand hours outside movement truly spans the globe. Many people from all walks of life continue to look to her for inspiration as well as practical tips on how to put down the screens, put on a good base layer layer or a swimsuit, and get outside. Jenny, it is so wonderful to have you back. Thank you for being here with us today. Thank you. Thanks so much, Dorenda. It's such a a treat and a privilege to to be back. I love our conversations. We we really have the best conversations, both the ones that are recorded and the ones that aren't. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. So um, you are also part of the board that runs the Inch Conference in Lansing, Michigan. So that's the Inspirational Networking Conference for Homeschoolers. And I just want everybody to know if you're in that area or you go to that conference. Yes, we're excited to have you. We would love to have you there because I'm going to be there um, sharing my heart in May. So excited about that. And I'll finally get to meet you. Yeah, so (laughs) thrilling. And I saw that you did a podcast just the other week with Ginger Hubbard. And she's there as well. She is, and she is such a great encouragement, too. So practical. She has so many great practical, biblically-based thoughts and ideas and tools for parenting. So, yeah, yeah, I'm looking forward to that. So I'm going to let you just start to dive into the reasons that homeschooling families thrive. Can you share your heart? Sure. Well, my heart really is... um, and I think you're right there with me. It's for the the moms and the dads, um, and even the grandparents who are really scared about this homeschooling path. Um, and my story is that 
we started homeschooling um, just because of time, time and influence, really. Mm-hmm. Um, I was a public school teacher before we had kids, and so um, I was sort of immersed in the environment, and and it's pretty vulgar, um, the high school environment. I taught high school math, and um, so I was immersed in that, and, you know, and the school bus comes early, and um, it drops off late, and so we decided to homeschool um, really for no biblical reason. Um, you know, I grew up in church, but no one ever really talked about education um, at all, and so uh, we just thought that the days were long and, and we were going to keep our kids home with us. And and sort of um, over the years, so we're seven years in, so we're nowhere near where you are. And, um, you know, but seven years is a while. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, we've started to spend a lot of time now with homeschooling families. And um, I have just noticed over the years that they're thriving families. And not that they're perfect, um, you know, but but just sort of family after family where they have these, you know, vibrant relationships and these sort of depth of experiences and all of these memories and bonds and the kids, um, you know, for the most part are, are happy and well-adjusted. And um, so sort of, I just noticed that, oh, you know, over time looking at these families and, and how close knit they were and, you know, and then I would get together also with other friends whose, whose kids were in public school and, and, um, you know, or even private school, and you just sort of hear of the struggles, it's, it's mm-hmm. the consistent, these consistent things. And so it was just something I noticed um, really for quite a while, um, you know, that when the kids are away for the day, they just don't, you know, the parents don't really know what's going on. And there's just a lot of issues, right? They don't maybe yeah. really know the teacher and there's bullying things. You just hear a lot. So I guess on one on one hand, I'm seeing these thriving families. And then on the other hand, I'm seeing ones that are sort of struggling Exactly. Yeah. And it's a big difference. Yeah, I mean, you, it you, is. you begin to notice that. I know when um, years ago, I met my first homeschooling family when I was a teenager. Now, people, yeah. you need to realize this was in the 80s. So things have changed. Things <laughs> have changed. But I met this family and I was so impressed with wow. their kids. I was, I, there was something. It's almost something you can't really put words to, except they were comfortable in their own skin. They had a really, really funny, sharp sense of humor. They were really witty. They loved being together. They were very articulate. And they weren't that old. They were all, you know, younger to middle elementary school age. And I just remember just getting this feeling like these kids are different in a good way. Wow. And and I could not help but relate that to the fact that they were homeschooled. And so right. that little, it's like God like planted that little seed. Mm-hmm. And then I ran across a book at a yard sale, believe it or not. This is still in my teens. Wow. Called Better Late Than Early by Dr. Wow. Yeah, I read that one. And yeah, that's a classic. And if you can yep. get your hands on that, I would highly recommend it. But it it just resonated. I started reading it, and I wasn't even a parent yet. But I started reading it. I wasn't even married yet. But I'm reading this thing, and I'm in this. The things he's saying are just resonating with my heart for these kids that I hadn't even had yet. And then also <laughs> connecting connecting the dots to these kids that I had met that had been homeschooled. So it's like the Lord was just sort of like weaving it all together. And then, so by the time we had our first baby, we knew we wanted to homeschool. And I knew that I didn't want to be a rushed 
homeschooler. Like right. you, you were saying, the time factor. Right. I, I think just feel like we had, need to camp out on that for just a minute because I think we don't realize the opportunity that we have. We can end up getting so busy filling the time with activities because we're so afraid we're not measuring up. Right. That we lose this beautiful opportunity to just be with our kids and enjoy that fellowship with them. And you you saw that. You you were like, okay, clearly I can't ha- I can't have both. I can't send my kid to school for all right. of those hours. It's just common sense says right. the bigger influence is going to be at the school. It's not right. going to be me or my right. husband and the values that we have. And so, you know, what you saw just was was logical. It, it made sense. And but I find it interesting how God just takes us all on a different journey and how gentle he is. Like he was just yes. so gentle with you. He was like, okay, she can handle this right now. So we're going to just, right. we're going to do it for this reason right now. And then you started right. to connect the dots with the you know, with realizing that education isn't a separate box. Right. It's life. Exactly. It's life. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Yeah. Love that. Yeah. So it's just been a journey for us. And and in time, we were exposed to some other writing that really had opened my eyes. Um, Israel Wayne is uh, an author a homeschool dad and a second generation homeschooler. He's Mm -hmm. a Michigan guy. um, And he wrote a book called education. Does God have an opinion? And sort of through his writings, um, you know, I've always been a big believer that, you know, the promises of God are yes and amen. And, Mm -hmm. you know, and even as a young person going to church, um, I loved looking in the in the scriptures for God's promises because they always work. And and a lot of times they're very counterintuitive, you know, so like, you know, the give and you will receive. It was very right. counterintuitive, right? And so right. then you know that God is at work. And so after reading Israel's book and kind of seeing all these thriving homeschool families, I really started to delve into, you know, what is in the scriptures that um, that would give a mom or a dad a strong foundation that would say, I'm going to do this because I know God is going to bless it. And, um, and lo and behold, you know, there, there are a lot of scriptures, even, I mean, obviously everyone always hears the verse of, you know, train up, train up your child in the way, you know, he should go. But, um, but like how you were talking about with time, you know, in the amplified version, it says, um, you know, in accordance with their, um, it says to seek God's wisdom and will for, for their abilities and talents. And wow. um, it says, train up a child in the way he should go, teaching him to seek God's wisdom and will for his abilities and talents, even when he is old. And even when he is old, he will not depart from it. So, mm. you know, um, that verse, you know, I think this homeschool life gives us an opportunity to pursue individual bents for our children, mm-hmm. you know, whereas in, um, sort of the, the public school system is very systematic. Right, you know, right. Um, there's, there's a herd mentality. It, it's right. a one size fits all because that's all you can do. And, yeah. you know, when you've got a classroom full of kids, you, you can't cater things to the individual. You've got to really sort of like step back and do for the, the bigger crowd. And so yeah. that right there flies in the face of what you just read in scripture. Right. Right. And so that verse, I think, is an encouragement to moms to say, hey, because I think a lot of parents will say, um, you know, this isn't really the point of our discussion right now, but they'll say it's it's um, it's personal choice, you know. And so then, 
you know, how do you educate? Well, that's personal choice and the Bible doesn't say anything about it. And um, it's a, a lot of Christians say that. And so I think then parents are scared to make that leap because they think that God doesn't talk about education, but, but here he is, you know, he's saying we should be seeking God's will, wisdom for individual abilities and talents. And so then that gives me extra confidence um, when we do things individually and, and we have this time to sort of delve into specific things that, you know, we're, we're heading in the right direction. Right. Um, and we had the time to do that. And um, so that's in Proverbs 22, Proverbs 22 and 27. This is one that always stands out for me. So we read, you know, the Proverbs of the day. There's this verse that's repeated in 22 and 27. It's Proverbs 22, 3, and then 27, 12. It's interesting that's repeated. It says, a prudent man sees the evil and hides himself, but the simple pass on and are punished with suffering. Mm. And they both read the same way, um, almost verbatim. A prudent man sees the evil and hides himself, but the simple pass on and are punished with suffering. So it's the same. It's interesting that it's in there twice. And I think that's a verse, too, that I also cling to, you know, in terms of these thriving families that, um, you know, the the world of, of kids surrounded by kids, um, you know, in a public school setting carries a lot of har- harsh things. And, yes. you know, and this is sort of... Um, this direction that we're supposed to hide from that. Mm-hmm. We're supposed mm-hmm. to see it, right? We're supposed to look for it and we're supposed to see it. And, um, and that's prudent. And so there's a lot of wisdom in, in looking at the environment. And so for parents, I think that are scared to pull their kids because of, of all the outside pressures. Um, and you know, a lot of people even say, oh, we shouldn't shelter our kids, right? Yes, um, we should. But yes, <laughs> the Bible is so clear that I mean, it's even talking about for an adult, a prudent man sees the evil and hides himself. So right. how much more for our children? You know, I used to, I, I said I was a public school teacher and, you know, and I don't, I'm not to bash, you know, I think like we talked about, everyone is on their journey and, and everyone's eyes are opened at different times. And, um, but I did teach in the public school system and um, I didn't have a classroom. Um, and there was, the school was too crowded. So I had to push my stuff on this cart, <laughs> like from classroom to classroom. Oh my goodness. Other teachers had. So I was in the hallway and, and really there's not adults in the hallway, you know, in between classes, they're all, the adults are in their classrooms and they're getting ready for the next group of kids. And, but I was in the hallway and I just heard the most vulgar of things. And I used to think, you know, if a parent would come and stand in this hallway for one week, they would never even consider sending their child back ever. Mm-hmm. It's so um, just dark. And and even for the kids that aren't participating, they're hearing it and um, they're exposed. And so, you know, this verse says that we're supposed to see that stuff. That's we're right. not supposed to be blind to it. We're supposed to see it and, and, and notice it for what it is. And we're supposed to hide. And That's so, right. it, you know, know, I think it falls along the lines of in that other verse in Proverbs that talks about guarding your heart for it is the wellspring yes. of life. Yes. It's where life flows out of is, is our, that inner being where Christ yeah. lives. We stop that. We hamper that. We, 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 
it doesn't flow is basically, right. you know, if you're going to talk about the reverse of that verse, right. when we don't guard our hearts. And so, you know, if we as adults need to guard our hearts, how much more should we yeah. help our children guard their hearts? Because we're teaching them what it looks like to walk in their faith. What does it look like to stay away from evil? What does it look like to walk um, in a relationship with God and walk by faith? You know, all of those things are things we can model for our children. And and also just, um, you know, I think about that whole idea, that concept of a, of, a, of a greenhouse. You know, when you have a little mm. seedling that's just starting out, they're very tender. They call it, like the Bible, I think, refers to it as a tender shoot. You know, it's just a... Yes. Just sure. you've seen them; they're just very delicate and fragile. And if you stuck them outside in the elements, mm. they would be dead in no time flat. Mm-hmm. And so, what we're doing with our kids is we're letting them grow strong in this greenhouse. Yes. And then, as they're getting bigger and stronger, we can put them out in the elements for a little bit at a time to yes. start to, you know. And that happens more towards, I feel like, more towards the teen years, right? you know, and it naturally happens, honestly, by, you know, from what I've seen with our eight kids, um, I've noticed it naturally happens that things come up and situations come up where they're automatically exposed to things, but we get Mm -hmm. to talk to them about what does the Bible say about this and what does God say about this and what are the consequences for making right. poor choices in these situations. And you you were mentioning earlier um, the, um, about the other kids in the classroom. And I always tell parents all the time, you know, you could have the greatest teacher on the planet, but that teacher mm-hmm. is not the only person teaching your child. Right. These kids in that fact, are surrounding right. them. You it's know, in here, it is. Group. In Luke right. 6, um, Jesus was talking about... Um, he said to he was telling a parable about can the blind lead the blind? Will they not mm. both fall in a pit? Yes. Is what he's saying. And it's like, yes, that's exactly what's gonna happen. And I'm not about to let my child do that. And you right. mentioned how the kids won't tell you because there's so much that's happened in the day's time while they've been gone. So many hours right. have gone by that they either forget or, or, or like, it's, em- it's embarrassing. Or it's embarrassing, or if sure. they're very young. They don't even understand what happened right. or what was right. said or, you know, whatever. And so it right. is our job. The, the scriptures talk about uh, defending the defenseless. Yeah, our yes. children are vulnerable and it is yeah. our job to protect yeah. them. It's, it's, yes. Yeah. It's an important message that parents, because I think they're hearing it from both sides. Well, you can't, you know, you can't put your kid in a bubble. But when you really look at what the scripture says, it does say to do those things and to protect and to see the danger. And so I think that's one of the reasons why these these homeschooling families are thriving mm-hmm. because they followed um, those instructions and, and they're sort of paying attention to the signs of the times. And I know for myself, you know, um, and times sure have changed, you know, with kids having access to screens and and so much more information than we did when we were kids. But, you know, if I really think back and my husband says the same thing to my childhood school experiences, you know, I was exposed to, you know, the kids were swearing in kindergarten. Mm. And I think, I think that we look at our little kids and we forget you know, we, we think, oh, there's no way, you know, they're just painting and singing songs, but it's not true. <laughs> no, it's not. And so, yeah, I think we're, we're responsible to see those things and to know that they're dangerous mm-hmm. and that they're evil. You know, some of the, you know, the different types of, of things that they're teaching and, and we're supposed to, um, you know, make sure that we're not exposed. And so, 
um, you know, there's that. And then there's, um, well, this is, I mean, this is a big verse, the Matthew 18, six, which says, but whoever causes one of these little ones who believes mm-hmm. in me to stumble in sin by leading him away from my teaching, it would be better for him to have a heavy millstone as large as one turned by a donkey hung around his neck and to be drowned in the depth of the sea. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's wow. a big verse, isn't it, Dorenda? It's a big the, verse. The, the imagery. And so I remember... Um, this has been our journey, right, since we've been homeschooling, because sometimes we have hard days. And so I've looked to these writings by Israel Wayne, and and we listened to Steve Demme, um, Matthew C. Um, he, you know, he talked about how, you know, I, I, I homeschool my kids because I want to train them to live forever. So we're starting to listen to these, um, to these speakers and to these um, sort of thought leaders who are who are saying, look, like God is going to bless this. And, mm-hmm. and I started, you know, searching on my own. And, and when you look at that verse... I looked up what a millstone was, you know, because I never, I've not really seen a millstone and you hear that verse, but a millstone is about the size of a child. It's four, about four feet um, in diameter, but they weigh 2000 pounds, you know? And so, and so what imagery there to have, you know, this, this stone that weighs a ton tied around your neck and thrown to the depth of the sea, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm, that, mm-hmm. that this is another one, you know, um, it kind of comes from a negative, negative viewpoint. But, you know, when you're talking to parents about, um, you know, is it okay to, to pull my kids and to keep them at home and is it the right decision? And I think that, you know, this particular verse really applies. I, I agree. I agree. I mean, it, it's important for us not to put our heads in the sand and understand right. that this is our right and our responsibility. And this is the um, the lengths that God has gone to, to, to show us how important this is by giving mm-hmm. us the imagery that you just described. That, yes. that just it's just the weight literally the weight of it yes. you know and and yeah. i think that's the that's the beautiful part of that imagery it's convicting definitely it is. it is and but you know you look at that and you think well if it's that serious and god is that serious about it then he must want me to do this and right. if if he's calling me to do it I, I always say he, he's he's gonna he's gonna give me what I need along the way. He doesn't say, "Oh, I'm gonna call you to homeschooling, then I'm just gonna leave you on the side of the road for dead on your right. own to figure this <laughs> right. out." He's not sure. gonna do that, you know. That's not who he yeah. is. And I think this is where homeschooling and our walk with the Lord are so symbiotic because we yeah. have to be trusting in order to do this well. And when I say do this well, I mean. Um, pay attention like you're doing right now. You're, you're listening to uh, thought leaders who are, who are describing sort of the bigger picture. You know, we've got yes. this, we need to have, uh, you know, the big picture. We get caught up in the minutia of the day-to-day and how hard it can be sometimes. Right. And we need people like this to pull us back and to say, right. look, this is what you're doing. This is the big sure. picture. Keep the big picture mission in mind. And then all of a sudden, those little things that were driving us crazy don't seem so big anymore, you know? <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. And there's, you know, there's a verse that says, um, and it kind of goes along with these thriving homeschool families, but it's also from Proverbs. Um, I'm just such a fan of Proverbs. I love Proverbs. Oh, it's so proud. Say wis- wisdom is the principal thing, but it's mm-hmm. Proverbs 22, 12. It says, the eyes of the Lord keep guard over knowledge and the one who has it. 
Mm. And so, you know, as our world is sort of becoming more dark, especially for children, mm-hmm. um, you know, to be, to be, you know, in a, in an institution for 40 hours a week, um, you know, this is a dark, these are dark places. And even though there's good sprinkled in and things like that, but um, hard for our children to navigate. And so, you know, these, these families and these people that are, are standing up and saying, you know, God is really going to bless your homeschool journey. Mm-hmm. This isn't, this is good knowledge, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and that the Lord keeps guard over that knowledge and, and those who have it and those who share it. That's right. That's right. I want to share um, one of the main verses that, because it ties right in with what you're saying. Um, it's about three verses that um, were sort of the foundational, one of the foundational passages that kind of, grounded us as a homeschooling family and our decision to homeschool. So mm-hmm. um, it's in Deuteronomy 6, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. These commandments that I give you today are to be on your hearts. Mm. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road and when you lie down and when you get up. And I don't know about you, but I can't help when I'm envisioning this. This isn't this is this is us spending a lot of time together. This is discipleship, you know, and that's not going to happen if they're gone 40 hours a week. And that's really kind of like you, one of the main reasons that we started homeschooling. We were like, okay, well, we can't do that right. and send them to school. So we're going to do right. this instead. And we're just going to figure it out, you know. And I, right. I, I, I was talking with my daughter today about um, about courage and about the women of the past, the pioneers, the women who came across the Atlantic from other countries, you know, back in the Puritan days, we're, we're, um, we're studying the, the beginnings of American history right now. And I'm thinking about the courage that it took for them to get mm. on those ships with their kids and their families and go and and all the obstacles that they faced that were so huge and so overwhelming and sometimes life-threatening. And they did it because they wanted a better life for their kids. And wow. this is the same thing we're doing, moms. We're doing this because we, we, we believe it is best for our kids. And I think the enemy wants nothing more than to discourage us from that. And I think that we can draw courage from these women and these moms who have gone before us. And I say, if they can do that, we can do this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think the enemy is throwing in a lot of confusion even biblically, right? Yes. Like we're not we're not talking about um, what are the biblical reasons for us to make these decisions. And you read Deuteronomy, Psalms has the same sort of similar. Blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked, or stand in the way that sinners take, or sit in the company of mockers, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord, and who meditates on His law day and night. That person is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season, and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever they do prospers. Mm. And this, this to me is the vision. Of, this is what I'm seeing with these homeschooling families, that everyone is unique. They're not the same. Every homeschooling family has different dynamics and none are perfect, but they are prospering, mm-hmm. you know, and, um, and you just see it. And like you said, if to meditate on his law day and night, this is a, this is 24-7 discipleship. That's you know, right. not that we can do with a, with a little bit here and a little bit there. We have to be with our kids. And so these verses, you know, some sort of come at it from a positive direction and some from a more negative. But um, the picture as a whole 
speaks to me that God is going to bless this path that we're walking out and, you know, and that in our weakness, he is strong. And mm-hmm. so this is, this is that situation where um, it's counterintuitive. That's it, right. does, it doesn't make any sense that a homeschooling family would thrive. Not one bit. You know, how can a mom who has eight kids home with her all day, how can they thrive as a family? But that is the beauty of the scripture because then we know God is at work. Right. That's absolutely right. And, you know, we have to remember that his ways are not our ways. Right. His thoughts are not our thoughts. And I, I remind myself of that regularly because, you know, you just get caught up in the uh, just kind of the minutia of, you know, logic, common sense, earthly yes. knowledge. Yes. And you forget that we are working in God's economy. Yes. And that is a completely different and almost consistently opposite of yes. what the world says. Which so, is exciting because then you it know is. it's God. And I think that's one of the things, you know, that you can you can tell people, which is my experience has been that God's promises work, yes and amen, but they are counter to logic. And so these spiritual laws are at work. How could it make sense that when we refresh others, that's how we're refreshed? That right. doesn't make any sense. Right. You know, but yet it works every time. And right. so that is what I started to see in my own personal journey with these homeschooling families was that they're thriving in a way that is counterintuitive that you wouldn't expect. And so that sort of drove me to think, well, God, there must be something behind this. And, you know, God's, God's got something at work here, um, you know, with these families who are, who are hiding from evil and who are giving their, their kids um, individual instruction and time to sort out their own path. And, and it's it's really encouraging to see, isn't it? It it is so encouraging. I love it. I I this is why I love what I do because I, I just have such a passion for homeschooling families because they've made that hard choice. And my heart is also for Christian families who haven't made that choice yet. But I and who feel are scared. Like, yeah, who are scared. And yeah. and I think I just want to say, you can do this. I know you can do this. You have God on your side. If he is for you, who can be against you? You know, he says it's not by might nor by power, but by my spirit that he does these things. And so it's just like you said, it's counterintuitive, but it works. Yes. Yeah. And it's just so beautiful. Yeah. And I, you know, I read um, in that book by Israel Wayne, you know, he says, education, does God have an opinion? He talked about this passage that I had never really understood before. It's in Luke. Um, This is Luke 7, and it's 33 to 35. It says, uh, for John the Baptist has come neither eating bread nor drinking wine, and you say he is a demon, or he has a demon. The son of man has come eating and drinking, and you say, behold, a man who is a glutton and a wine drinker, a friend of tax collectors and notorious sinners. Yet wisdom is vindicated, shown to be true and divine by all her children, by their life, character, and deeds. Mm. And I never really, um, I don't know, I never really put two and two together, but, but there's like a bunch of circular logic going on right there, right? Right. Like right. there's, you know, this guy, he did this, and, and Jesus did the opposite, and you say, and, and he just shuts it all down by saying, basically, wisdom is proved right by the fruit. And interesting that he uses the phrase, her children there. Mm-hmm. Um um, but that, you know, we can look and we can see the fruit of people's choices and the fruit of people's lives and learn from that mm-hmm. and see if it's wise. And, and um, you know, and so when we look and we see these homeschooling families, 
um, that are uh, very different, I guess, just like how you said at the very beginning, you notice, you notice that they're different. They're this light on a hill, right? Mm -hmm. They're, they're the salt. They're different. Um, you know, that we can see that the fruit and see the wisdom sort of behind those decisions. Exactly, exactly. And I think another thing that I really want to bring up is the freedom that we have in homeschooling. I think it can be so easy to get caught up in, well, what exactly does that look like? And how exactly do you do that? I have moms ask me all the time about methods Mm. um, or curriculum. And I just cringe when I get asked that, not I mean, I understand where they're coming from. Like they want answers. They want to do what's best for their kids. And that's, that's, that's one of the reasons I love homeschooling moms is because they have such a heart for their kids and they so desperately yeah. want to do the right thing. But sometimes that desperation turns into fear and then they start right. seeking things out of fear. And that's, that never ends in a good place. And so when they start asking me about methods and things like that, it's just, you know, I just think, you know, it's not, it's not about a method, you know, it's about knowing your kids. It's about knowing your God. And I know that's not as tangible as say, Hey, you should just use this curriculum and everything will be fine. But that's Hmm. the point of all of it. We're on a journey together. Well, that is the point. And I think the point is, is when you talk about the verses in Deuteronomy, Deuteronomy 6, or the Psalm, just right at the beginning of Psalm 1, we meditate day and night. You know, when I was younger, I used to think about those verses and think, well, that would be really contrived. You know, how do you meditate day and night? Or how how do you you lie down? But but I think what the scripture is getting at, out there is that we do teach by example. And I think mm-hmm. the whole that's the whole point of the homeschooling journey is that our kids, life is not static. Right. Life is going to change for them. And so when the Bible talks about that, we have a lamp onto our feet, you know, it's not a spotlight for miles. You only get the next step. <laughs> that's right. That's, that's, I mean, mm-hmm. you know, we even just did, because, uh, you know, we do this 1,000 hours outside. We're trying to get our kids outside. It's good for them. We do these lantern hikes sometimes times at night and each kid gets a little lantern to hold, you hardly can see anything. Mm-hmm. You know, you really just get that next little bit. And so, um, you know, it's a perfect example. That's a perfect yes. example. It's easy to yeah. envision. And I've seen, I've envisioned that so many times. He says, you yeah. know, his word is a light on, uh, what is it? A, a lamp unto, a our, lamp unto feet, our feet and a light, and a light unto, our, unto path. our path. But, you know, if you think about the culture that that was being spoken from, a lamp and a light, just, it wasn't a floodlight. Like, right, right, right. Like at a football game or something, (laughs) right? No flood lights going on so you can see the whole thing. It was a candle. It would have been a candle light. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. (laughs) Not even terribly clear, but you're, you're trusting and you're taking the next step. And And then your kids see you doing that. And I think that there's where the value lies, which is, which is to say, Hey, you know, sometimes we'll go to our kids and we'll say, Hey, you know, this isn't really working or or we've been praying about this and we're going to, we're going to pivot, you know, we're going to be new. And so then, you know, the hope is that they see how you live um, and how you journey and that you're dependent on God for your decisions and that they're not life lifelong ones that you ask. You ask exactly. for your daily bread. You know, bread, I think the Bible is filled with such imagery for our kids. You know, no one really bakes daily bread anymore, but a homeschooling family we grew up with did. Mm-hmm. She, she baked daily bread and she sold it. And, um, 
And so when we've done that, it molds, you know, your, your daily bread molds. And so you can make daily bread with your kids and show them how, you know, there's no preservatives. And so tomorrow it's going to be a little moldy and right. Uh, right. Taste is good or as fresh. And exactly, so, you know, on a homeschooling journey, it's the same principle. You know, you have to ask God daily and he'll answer. That's that is, right. That's the best part. And that's promises to give us wisdom when we ask. Exactly. And when we're walking that out before our kids, that is the most powerful testimony that we could possibly give them. And it's a living testimony, which is, you know, always far more powerful than reading about it, you know, actually living it out. And, you know, that verse I shared earlier about um, the blind leading the blind, the very next verse, Jesus says, um, a teacher or a student is not above his teacher, Mm. but a student, when he is fully trained, will be like his teacher. And for me, yeah, the other piece of that, you've got the blind leading the blind. So yes, I I don't want that. I'm going to pull them out. I'm going to take them home. I'm going to disciple them. But then there's this accountability that comes with, like we were just talking about, walking it out because we need to be... Um, or work towards what we want our kids to be, you know, what what right. we're hoping for them and wanting for them, which is a life of faith, you know. Right. Um, right. So, so we all get to grow at the same time because I always like to tell parents, you know, we need to make sure that we're slowing down and we're allowing Jesus to disciple us while mm-hmm. we disciple our children. So it's this beautiful circle going on. We're continually learning while they're continually learning and we're all learning yeah. together. And it's just such a beautiful beautiful thing and you know like you mentioned before so counterintuitive, so against what, you know, what the world would would say is wise or what we need and um I have to share with you this one passage that I just love um in terms of, you know, human standards, worldly wisdom, it says in 1 Corinthians 1, 26, brothers and sisters, think of what you were when you were called. Not many of you were wise by human standards or influential or of noble birth, but God chose the foolish things of the world mm-hmm. to shame the wise. God chose the weak things of the world to shame the strong, and he chose the lowly things of this world and the despised things and the things that are not to nullify the things that are so that no one may boast before him. It is because of him that you are in Christ Jesus who has become for us wisdom from God that is our righteousness, holiness, and redemption. Therefore, as it is written, let the one who boasts boast in the Lord. Mm. So we are going to be walking in opposites and we're going to watch God take what the world calls weak and do something amazing with it. Yeah. Yes. Yes, so, and amen. Amen. And, and this is good news. I mean, it's such good so news. Great. I think I think that this is the good news that we get to spend childhood with our kids mm-hmm. and that they're going to thrive and we're going to thrive. And, and as a family unit, we're going to thrive. And God is going to watch over those who have knowledge and that we see the danger and we're being prudent. And, you know, and, and at the very end, Everything points back to God's goodness and God's power and God's glory. Absolutely. Yes, yes. And that that whole concept of sowing and reaping, you know, Mm -hmm. you cannot get away from that. What you sow, you will reap. You cannot sow. I used to tell my kids this all the time when they would be treating each other not very well and then expecting their sibling to be just perfectly fine with them all the time. And I would just say to them, you know, you can't sow seeds like that. It's like we had a garden. If we sow corn seeds, Mm -hmm. I said, are we going to harvest beans? 
And they're like, well, no. I said, well, Mm. you can't sow seeds like this and then expect this, you know? (laughs) And And this is when he says, when you, when you talk about God's word, when you lie down and when you get up, you walk on the road, these are all the opportunities. What a cool God. He gave us all this imagery, you know, that, that kids can understand, right? They They can can totally understand daily bread and they can understand, you know, rocky soil. And when we do these things, we can, we, we have just uh, an overflowing amount of opportunity to talk about God's goodness, about God's principles, about spiritual laws, um, about all of those things that, that are going to help them, you know, for the, for the rest of their life here. And absolutely. Cause and, and curriculum, you know, curriculums are going to come and go. They the are. Curriculum change all the time. This is something I thought about too, as being a public school teacher, they changed all the time every year. It's all about money, you know, which, you know, which one is the cheapest and which curriculum and you now those changed all the time too. So there's not a perfect curriculum. This is about, you know, learning how to do life and, and listening for God's direction on a daily absolutely basis. absolutely and I you know as a homeschooling mom for now you know well our oldest is 28 so we started you know yeah when she was four or five yeah you I, started when she was born I, yeah, I always say that too know, I always because hate you know, the ones who are nervous about it and their kids are three and four it's like mm-hmm. well no you've already been homeschooling for three years and look how much your kid has learned yes, they yes. learn the entire English language you know they yes. can run and walk and talk and eat and you know, I mean, That's eat right. with a fork. You've been homeschooling for 28 years. Yeah. Well, and here's the thing that's really interesting is last week I, I had um, a gentleman from parentalrights.org, and we were talking about this very thing, how parents feel inadequate. And he mm. said he said this. He gave these statistics, and they were just so reaffirming. Um, he basically said uh, when when someone is considered an expert at something, it means they've spent – a minimum of 10,000 hours doing that thing, whatever it is, right? Yeah. He said, by the time your child is six years old, you have invested 16,000 hours with that child. Wow. So guess what? By the time they're school, you're an expert. You're an expert. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. And, and, I, and I think the thing we have to understand is... That's so great. Isn't that great? I just love that. I love that. Um, I want to share a quote from Dr. Raymond Moore from School Can Wait. He said, an alarming number of parents appear to have little confidence in their ability to, quote unquote, teach their children. We should help parents understand the overriding importance of incidental teaching in the Mm. context of warm, consistent companionship. Such caring is usually the greatest teaching, especially if caring means sharing in the activities of the home. Isn't that beautiful? Wow. It's so beautiful. There's so many. Oh, my goodness. It's beautiful. I just love the warm, consistent companionship. It's just showing up. Moms, show up and be all in, you know, and just have fun with those. Right. And, then, and, then the, and then the stats, we'll see the stats really do back it up. So this is from the National Home Education Research Institute, NHERI. Um, and, you know, they've got, they've been researching homeschooling for decades. They say homeschoolers score an average of 25 to 30 percent higher on standardized tests, um, regardless of of the mother's education level. 
Mm-hmm. So, so what it's saying is you may have a mom who's maybe she didn't even graduate high school herself and she's teaching her kid. Her child is going, I mean, 25 to 30 percent is substantial. That her is. child who is homeschooled will score 25 to 30 percent better than a child who's in public school, but maybe has a parent who has a Ph.D. And mm-hmm. so, um, you know, this is this is this God's God's wisdom. You know, it's, it's opposite of what you would think but it's that personalized attention is no one that cares more about your child than you do and so you know, parents are scared that their kids are going to be worse off but the research is very clear that in every area socially emotionally yes. academically spiritually and physically um you know because they're not sitting all day right uh right that in every area of development that kids um are 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 doing better. Well, and the thing is, because education isn't just about the standardized test. I mean, we mentioned the standardized test because that does give us a measuring stick and that does show something significant there. But, you know, we know as homeschool moms, we don't camp out on the testing. Mm -hmm. But what Jenny just mentioned is the whole of education. We're educating the whole child, the physical, the mental, the emotional, the spiritual, and all of that ties, it's all tied in together. We are educating, we are raising people. You know, these are human beings and they're not, it's not about their performance. It's about purpose, you know, and I think that when we're homeschooling with purpose and using purpose as our measuring stick more than performance, I think the performance, whatever performance is needed for that child will naturally happen. And uh, so, but, but clearly, clearly the results are in that homeschooling families are in fact thriving. So if you're out there and you're on the fence or you've just started or you're kind of in the midst of it and you're, and you're, you're having doubts, we hope this has been a great encouragement to you because, um, because, because it's the, the proof is there. The results mm-hmm. are there, and I love I love everything you shared today, Jenny. This is so great. Thanks Thank so much you. for having me. Yes, I, I just appreciate you so much. Um, I want to share one last quote from Dr. Raymond Moore. Mm-hmm. He said, "The homeschooling recipe for genius in, is more of family and less of school, more mm. of parents and less of peers, more creative freedom and less formal lessons." Wow, I love that. Love that. Yeah. All right. Well, we're going to go ahead and pray over these moms again. Thank you, Jenny, for being here. You are such a blessing. What a great conversation. So are you. (laughs) Great to encourage homeschooling moms because it can be a hard road, but it sure is a good one. Amen. Amen. Mm -hmm. All right. Lord, we thank you so much for this time together. We thank you for um, just your presence. Uh, We thank you for your encouragement. We thank you for your word, Lord. Thank you for all the the verses that Jenny shared today, Lord, the ones that you just sort of brought out to remind us of what a good God you are, what a faithful God you are, and how you work in such a different economy, Lord. Help us to keep the big picture in mind, Father, to to remember the mission that you've laid on our hearts when it comes to our kids and walk um, in step with you, Lord, not trying to run ahead and not lagging behind, but just taking that next step where you have lit the way and just trusting you for the rest. God, we thank you for your goodness to us. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 